Do it a little faster. You still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences. AKA tell all our business. And explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. thing. Yes, Yeah. All righty, everyone. <laughs> as you can hear, we are back. With another Man DB episode. This episode will be an interesting one as she, she actually gave us the main topic. Wow. Has to do with relationships. Oh, We're going to get into that. Yes. Can't wait. In the meantime, in between time, updates. I'll go first. Yes, ma'am. I was out with, with a friend of mine who, when he speaks, I listen. He is a very brilliant human being who I have a lot of respect for. You sure do. And I it's not it's, that's not who I'm talking about. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Idiot. Oh. So um I was asking him about a certain situation and he was telling me about some guidance that he was providing um someone in his life. And he was basically saying like that this person needed to get more serious and the rationale around why and how, you know, there were a lot of sacrifices made um, for this person to be who they are. And if they don't actualize into the thing that they are destined to be, into the person that they are destined to be, then they are not actually respecting all of the sacrifice and love and labor that went into creating that foundation for that person. Mm. And so I sat with that and it had nothing to do with me, but baby, I said, Ooh, <laughs> this hit. And so I realized, and I've been slowly realizing, and I think, and I wanted to specifically say this with you on here too. I've been slowly realizing and getting more comfortable in the space that I'm starting to take up and feeling deserving of that space. Um, and, and understanding that I no longer feel the need to, to play small in order to remain humble. Mm. You know, like I feel like my gratitude will actually show up in my expansion. You know, like I will show people that I'm grateful for for taking the tools that they've given me and flourishing. Not by being like, oh, thank you. I'm gonna shy away from all this stuff. And oh no, I not me. I'm I'm okay. I'm not really a podcaster. I don't really, yeah, that I don't really sing. I don't that's that's that is old. That's Good. old. And that's played. And so it's not about being boastful. It's not about being egotistical, but it's really about, I, I sat there and I thought about all the sacrifices made for me. And, you know, I went into from my parents to their parents, to ancestors, to like, yo, middle passage happened so I could be here right now. Literally. You were like, so deep. If you go that deep, but if you go that deep, like seriously, 
how can you turn your back on your gifts and yourself? Like if we're really rooted in the thing in that way, how could you play small? How dare we do it? And so that's something that I've been saying to myself, like, how dare you? How dare you play small? You you actually can't afford to. You just can't because there was too much life lived in order for you to be here. So I wanted to offer that to the guests. And I also think that you are a large part of me feeling more deserving um, of this space. I got, you know, I've, I just, again, I think I've said this on here before, but since I've met you and I'll say it again, you have only amplified my voice and put money in my pocket. <laughs> so these are the things that are like, okay, it would, it would be a disservice for me to then not show up for me to then not shy away from the platforms and the space that you've helped me occupy. You, I think about Fran, I think about Dustin, I think about Asante, I think about the life that they have spoken into me, the kind words they said. Crystal sent me a really short, because she's a short, she, she gets right to it, but a really beautiful note around the work that I'm doing. And I think oftentimes we do this kind of work and you put it out into the, into the abyss. And if it's not popular, if it's not like the it thing to talk about, most times it goes unnoticed. If it doesn't get the traction, if it doesn't have all of the bells and whistles around the way curls is my baby, but we record it remotely. We don't have the branding that everybody else wants. We we don't have all that, but the content is there. And so it can feel like sometimes we're we're playing pretend. We're not really doing the thing without all the other stuff. And so to hear it and to feel to hear that validation feels really good and it feels it, I think it's um it's something that is a driving force for me and that is helping me take up space. Black is somebody else who yeah. his stuff is less about podcasting, but it's like, we're going to have you see yourself. We're going to put these images out. We're going to recreate iconic images with your body, with your look. How do you feel when you see this picture? What makes you uncomfortable? Let's talk about why. And doing that work is so important and so necessary. So I just want to, I want to thank the people who are, who are pouring into me truly, and giving me opportunity. I want to thank the people who are who have been validating me. I want to apologize to the people who've been saying this all along, who I played small with even still. Right. And I want to remind all of the listeners that like so much life had to be lived in order for possibilities to exist for you. And they cannot be squandered. It is a betrayal of of yourself, of God, of your life. And so I think that I like big. that you led with it's a betrayal of yourself. I think that you like what is the, what is the saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so Everyone can tell you how great you are and you'll never be able to live out your full potential until you see it in yourself 
or until you grant yourself the ability to do so, either by your work or mm -hmm. by your words or by your actions or by your relationships or by your friendships, whatever it may be, people could see it in yourself. If you don't see it in you, you'll never reach it there. So to just give yourself grace and to thank yourself and say that you owe it to yourself first, I think that's the person you owe it to more than anyone else. And at least you starting yeah. with that and acknowledging like, now I'm doing this for me. And now you have the ears open to accept those things from other people. And I think um, a lot of us have been there where people around us have seen more in who we are or what we can be before we've seen it in ourselves. I know that's how I was in this podcasting space, how I was even at work, at school, um, mm. in my relationships, um, where, you know, maybe sometimes I would accept the bare minimum and everyone around me was like, you deserve so much better. Um, and I'm just glad that you led with that. I think that we should all really know that we do deserve greatness. We deserve the life that we want. And it's possible. But it ain't possible if you get in your own way. And I told you this, I feel like you get in your own way a lot, especially out in these dating streets. But that's a whole nother topic for you and well, your Birkenstocks. We'll get into a that. whole nother time for you and your Birkenstocks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we start this episode, child, with some voicemails? Let's get it. I mean, I don't know what you wanted me to share. Cause I know we didn't talk. I don't. We just usually just so, do updates. Just so but you gave your update. Just so y'all know, I was talking to Anthony earlier. She was like, um, "Actually, are you potting right now? Yep, I think that's what you're doing. Shut the fuck up. Now you didn't say shut the fuck up, but she, <laughs> but technically, I did cut you off. She cut me off and said, "Actually, is what you're doing potting right now? Yep, I think that's what you're doing. Um, you don't want to save this." And I was like. So I can't talk to my friend because we recording later. Okay. That's so bad. <laughs> but you know, you were in all fairness, you were talking about the topic that you suggested. And oh. I was like, well. Well, first off, I suggested it. Didn't know it was really going to make it until I kept going. Then you was like, oh yeah, we got to talk about this. Then I was like, okay, I guess I can we shut up now. We have to talk about it. Um, well, if it's a topic, it's not a part of my catch up, right? Yeah, no. Okay. So if you don't have any ketchup, yeah. you don't have any pleasantries, um, it's fine. There ain't no ketchup, girl. We just talked. This is part two of a recording. We just talked for an hour uh, and a half, so we don't. Um, no, nah, <laughs> ain't, ain't no ketchup, bitch. Oh, wait, what date is this? Is this releasing next week? Yes, it is. Okay, so the only ketchup that I have Thursday. is you are located in Atlanta, Georgia. I will be at the Black Effect Festival performing with Horrible Decisions alongside the 85 South Show, um, Reasonably Shady with the Green Eyed Bandits from Real Housewives of Potomac, uh, Michelle Williams <laughs> podcast, Big Facts podcast, and it's hosted by Charlemagne the God and Just Hilarious. So if you're in Atlanta with nothing to do, uh, this Saturday, April 22nd, pull up to the Pullman Yards for the Black Effect Festival. That's it. And also, and make oh, sure by you the check way, we'll Mandy be talking. We'll be talking too, uh, cause y'all know how Antoinette been on this pod talking about Botox and all that other shit. Y'all, I'm getting my fillers and Botox this week in Atlanta. No, so, you're not. Yes, I am. Are girl. you really? My appointment is set. So I am one of those friends that Antoinette was like, "Yeah, me and my friend was on the phone. It's me. I'm the friend." And um, yep. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Y'all, I'm starting the clock. Um, I did not say your name. I know. Well, now I'm letting your audience know. So 
I'm going to go ahead and get the little, y'all see, hold on, if y'all watching on Patreon, because y'all can see me on Patreon, sorry, the sun is setting, so. First of all, the sun is glare. all in your face. And now I'm, hold on, now I'm really white. Hold on, let me, let me, let me put the curtain down so I can show y'all my wrinkles, because they ain't okay, going to be go here ahead. after next week, honey. Well, Botox doesn't quite work like that. Botox preserves the skin that you already have, so if you have wrinkles, eh, most likely. Preserve this will... dick. Anyways, y'all, so I'm getting fillers oh, to God. slim out my jaw, so y'all gonna see a jawline. So we How, like so fillers do that. Yeah, fillers will so slim gonna, your jaw. It's gonna line? create a sharpness in my jaw, and then you see how I don't really have a chin. It's gonna elongate my face and give me a chin. So it's gonna slim out my face that way. I don't know optical illusion, bitch. It's science. I don't know, but I saw the pictures and I want it. Um, nonetheless, the reason why I'm choosing this. Is like Antoinette and Shanti always say, these white jeans, honey, in my 30s, it's, <laughs> baby, it's a little tricky. That's what Antoinette tricky. said, it's tricky. So I got to combat these white jeans as much as I can, and I'm going to do it with fillers. <laughs> wow. I, I, so, <laughs> wow, that was a lot. I, um. But you said you wanted an update. That's what I'm doing next week. Listen, it is an update. I I, I was going to say, make sure y'all check Mandy out on The Breakfast Club, oh, yeah. May 4th and 5th. <laughs> but there you have it. Oh, yeah, but wait. You know, bitch, I, by then, my shit going to be settled. My face going to look nice on The Breakfast Club, girl. She said it's going to be settled. Oh, my God. Whew, I, acknowledge, I actually really appreciate the fact that you are being honest. You don't lie. No, you don't. No. You tell people like it is and what you finna do and what's gonna yeah. make you happy. Everybody and feel know I good went to Columbia and, and got these teeth. My teeth ain't wasn't born like this. Show your teeth, girl. Yes. And now I will say that there are a lot of people who I know who are like, Mandy didn't get her body done. And I was like, No, no I did that get is the gastric sleeve body and lost 80 yes. pounds which by the way thanks to COVID I gained a good 20 of those bitches back but nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> um no I went from 230 to about 148 at my smallest and now I'm back to like 165 170 depending if my wow. period is in town um but yeah nonetheless like yeah no nah, this is all me and I've been telling Antoinette I want lipo too and all of my friends are like Bitch, you're going to look weird good. if you get it. So everyone's telling me that's okay. You are. <laughs> I think, Mandy, you're a beautiful lady. I want you to do what makes you feel good for you. But as you are, it, it's all working out, all right? Thanks, but, you know, I hope your fillers settle. Me too. Because <laughs> if they don't. I mean, they do dissolve. I'm so those you. are something that they dissolve. It just takes a while to dissolve. So I might look. I just want you to know, though, if you look crazy, I'm going to tell you. Oh, everyone told me they was going to let okay. me know if my teeth look like consequence. They was going to roast my ass. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> my friends. No, you didn't get the, the way, one size fit the, all teeth. By the way, you, my <laughs> friends are not supportive in almost anything that I choose to do outside of work. Hold on. Y'all support, support me with work. They don't support my decision to change things on my body. They don't support the nigga I keep going back to. They don't support. Oh my God. <laughs> they only Please support stop. my podcast, y'all. Everything else. We support you and we say we love you. But also, you I'm going to roast your ass. Life. And, but also, you let me know I'm going to roast you and I don't agree with it. So you just going to take these jokes. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to say, listen now. 
That filler, your chin look like that. Uh, what's this, Jay Leno? Don't do that. What you doing? I am not going to be happening? out here looking like Natalie Nunn. What if you end up Stop looking it. like the scream mask? Stop it. Remember the scream mask? We're not going to do that. And you're aging that yourself. Long ass chin. And you're aging yourself with your old ass. I'm aging myself. I'm going to age. I am going to. I am actually aging. I looked at myself in the mirror. My mom told me this would happen one day. <laughs> she said, one day you'll look at the mirror and you'll just see that you, you have aged. You'll just see it. You'll be putting on your makeup or getting ready for bed, and you'll just see your face and say, "Holy shit, my face is different." And I'm making and it to where that didn't happen. Well, I'm making it to where maybe that happens now, ten years later than it was going to happen because I'm getting these fillers and Botox. I can't knock it. I, I'm not at a place where I, I I'm. Bitch, you've been re- you've been researching I, like me too. Stop capping. Not researching, but uh, amazed by amazed. the by the sorcery of it all. <laughs> Especially that chin. It's crazy. When I saw them dolls slimming out their chin it's, with those fillers, it's crazy. I thought it was some sort of, and I didn't realize it was filler. I know that it was a needle that is non-surgical. I thought it was some sort of acid or something that kills the fat. Well, I didn't there's know Kybella that it was... as well, and then there's actually lipo for your neck and chin. That's not what I'm getting, because Kybella going to make you look like a toad before it slims you out, and I ain't got time to look like a toad uh. out here. I mean, I already halfway do when I make my face a certain way. No, don't do that. All right. Well, more to come. I can't wait to see what happens, and I hope that you love the result. Me too, bitch, because it's not cheap. <laughs> Oof. In other news, we have some voicemails. Now, we got, y'all, a ton of voicemails from the parenting episode, the gentle parenting episode titled, My Mother Was My First Bully. And I don't feel that it's right to play any of those uh, Hell nah, voicemails without Shanti here. Hell no, because it's fuck them kids and I ain't no mama. Mom. Yep, I agree. Thank you. I was going to tell you, don't play them yeah, shit. It's never fuck them kids, <laughs> but we understand that you don't want to be a mom or embarking to motherhood. <laughs> All right, let's do this voicemail. I, I actually can't remember what they what these, we only have two, what these two are, but okay. they were not for the parenting episode. So let's see. Hi. Oh my God. I love you guys so much. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to call and I, I'm just reading from my notes here. Okay. So it says praise podcast. Uh, you guys are amazing. Um, politics as usual. Um, Antoinette, you put a lot of work into it and it shows Shanti, you are so funny in your commentary, your side comments. You have a really silly, jovial, convivial spirit. Convivial. Um, you both have so much depth to you, and I really admire your friendship. Um, my questions are, Antoinette, you mentioned reading Communion, The Female Search for Love by Bell Hooks, and I wanted to know your thoughts on it, both of your thoughts. Um, Antoinette, specifically, being a single woman in your 30s, do you ever feel angst as time passes with no romantic love or attachment to a partner. How have you um, both thought about the quest for love? Um, briefly, if you can talk about what's been your experience like searching, if you ever have, is it futile? Are you hopeless? Does it even need to be the goal? Do we really need romantic love? All right. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Um. Mm. So the the bell you, hooks. Yeah, go book. ahead and start that girl. 
<laughs> I have not read that. I do think that there, there are passages that I read from it. I need to read the whole thing. Next up for me for Bell Hooks, though, is going to be, um, what is it? The, the one where she talks about men. Shit. I can't stand myself. Should have had that written down. Anyway, the courage to, the will to change, I think. That's going to mm. be the next one, um, which I think every man um, who I have a high regard for has told me to read. But, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> the love thing. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I I talk about it a lot at nauseum, I think. I I'm at a place where I'm open. I'm hopeful. And I do my very best to not um, make decisions based off of my hope that one day I will be partnered and in a romantic relationship that is one for the ages, you know? But in the meantime, in between time, I have to be good with me. And so that's really the focus. Of course, I would like to have intimacy. Of course, I would like to have romantic love. Um, it's not something that I shy away from. It's not something that I'm saying that, you know, at this juncture in my life, I'm not ready for it. I feel ready for it. The thing that would probably be the most difficult, two things, I think would be the time commitment and really finding time to actually um, dedicate to a relationship and to growing in that relationship and honoring it. And then also the fear factor that I, all of this work that I think I've done on myself, that once I enter another relationship that I revert back to my old codependent ways. And that is a real fear of mine because it's not something that I have, I have had a lot of opportunity to, test and put into practice. Um, so for now it's take care of myself, observe myself. When I do begin to like somebody, observe my attachments, see if I'm flaking out on friends to possibly, you know, engage with them. Just, just observe. Just a lot of fucking observation and work and it's exhausting and I'm over it. But to answer your question short, yeah, I want to be booed up, all right? <laughs> and I'm open to Bodie. that. <laughs> if y'all can see the Mandy's cat no, just jumped. It's on Patreon now. <laughs> he has just been in my face the whole time, just wanting attention. Um, I know. We'll get done soon. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Go ahead. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to pull this up because you even say in that, um, I had came across a thread on Twitter that talked about relationship anxiety. And I do yeah. feel like you have it. Um, this specific one, um, it so it, it ventures off into two parts, right? There's relationship anxiety where people want relationships but are super hateful toward their hypothetical partners. Basically, already to, already already worried about how that partner is going to fail them, right? But then on Ooh. the opposite side, there is relationship anxiety when people are hyper negative about future relationships based on how they fear they will show up. So mm. the person says that they refer to this as the prepare to fail game because they're constantly worried about how things will go wrong before things have even begun. And so they prepare for relationship failure before success. And I think that's something that, oh yeah, I got to get, girl, I read deep into this. It was a conversation that I was going to have, but as, as you were talking, I was like, ooh, this may be the umbrella. You kind of fall under, right? Um, I think as well, what I've noticed with my friends, and I'm like the young one of my friends. I'm 32 mm -hmm. years old, but a lot of my friends are 36 plus. And so First of it's all, I'm not as much. Your mouth, but go ahead. I mean, y'all old. Goddamn, sorry. Um <laughs> To me, it's not the desire of a romantic love or connection as much as it's the desire to beat their biological clock. So it's the marriage and the kids. And so much more with my friends, I'm seeing more and more the desire to be married, whether they want, whether they really love that man or not, or the desire to be a mom, whether they're in a relationship or not. And mm. so it's more so those happily ever after, those fairy tale endings that we saw growing up that women are chasing in their 30s more than finding love. I think more and more, my friends in their 30s grow to love themselves. They grow to love their friendships that I realize it's these other societal standards with a time clock associated to it that they're chasing more so yep. than a romantic love. And so I think that's where I view a lot of women in their 30s and even early 40s. It has very little to do with this word love and more about those things to tick off as a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a great point. And just a shameless plug here. On Can't Afford Therapy, I had the pleasure of talking about biological clocks, whole episode uh -huh. on it with two men, which is a really interesting wow. episode because- Because they don't have I, one. I don't think well, they have one. You'll see. It was interesting <laughs> what we what we discovered. <laughs> okay. But um I have freed myself of that. I've I wow. have how I okay. have how did you get there? Well, I look I the math wasn't mathing. <laughs> and so I had to <laughs> grieve that. I had to say to myself, okay. Um, and I had to put my priorities in in place. I basically said to myself, you know, you are not partnered. You're 35. There's, you're not dating anyone either, right? So 
You don't even have a potential. You ain't, you ain't even you ain't even hunching. You don't have a potential <laughs> partner. So with that, you're the worst. You're reaching your capacity. I can see it. She's like, this is this is two hours in. I've been serious enough. Okay. I'll hurry. I'll speed it up. But no, really. I, and so I had to say to myself, if if you found someone. How would you want your relationship to go? And I know for a fact, I've been single. I've said this for seven years. Okay. I would want to spend time, energy, all the things alone with that partner, unless they already had children. And then we would have to navigate that. But to mm. bring a, I am not in a, in a place where in two years, I want to be pouring into another being. I have so many kids around me and, and to be sacrificing in that way. I just feel like I have not been afforded the opportunity to travel with someone that I'm in love with to. Well, you love me have, and I'm going to take your ass to Miami since you ain't been to Miami yet. Of course. Can not so, believe, and, and I have to be. Can y'all believe Antoinette I, has not been to Miami as not a high an girl. actual American? <laughs> Why have you not been to Because Miami? if I'm going to get on a flight, I want to go to <laughs> Ghana. I want to go to Bali. I want to go to South Africa. I want to go to Tanzania. I want to go to Morocco. I don't give this, a fuck this, about this Miami. Maybe that's flex, just bitch, you, So now you don't want to go to Miami? So fine. I ain't going to Miami. I, I know. I Miami told no. you I didn't. That I was like, uh, Art Basel apparently is a scene now. No, I don't want to go. No, that's, no. I wasn't going to take so, it to Art Basel. But... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just at this place where there's so many things that I want to do with an intimate romantic partner, um, that, and I want to be wildly selfish with them and pour and pour and have space and time to pour into one another before that other iteration of us were to come in to play. And by the time that other iteration would come, the math isn't mathing for me. Just it's so you like, know, I'm, I'm I'm keeping mental notes of your thought process into this because for the main topic of the relationships, yeah, I'm, I'm opposite of this or I view those same words completely different. So, okay. So we'll get into we, it. Yeah. Go ahead. We'll and we got another it. voicemail though. One more voicemail. Yeah. And I think sis is talking about gender roles, child. I think this is the gender roles. One. Okay. I just called you in to talk about the, my mother was a bully episode, but <clears throat> this is a side note from that. A few episodes back, Internet, you were asking a question like, I guess, what are you willing to do or what are your requirements from your partner in a relationship? And I think what the discussion should be is, are you willing to be of service to your partner, which looks different at different stages in life? And I can speak from experience on that. I think in the beginning, I had very strict expectations of what a man is supposed to be and what a man is supposed to do. But as time, um, as time just kind of ebbs and flows and goes about, you know, things change. And so things that I expected from my partner in year one of our relationship, I don't expect from him now and vice versa. I think the way that you can be most successful in your relationship is to talk about and have open discussion of what it is that you want and how your partner can be of service to you and vice versa. And then if, in communicating how your partner can be of service to you, your partner feels like that's not something that he or she is able to deliver, then you are giving that person the option to be out. So I think that 
talking about, you know, expectations and gender roles and all of these things, that's great. But I think the real question is, like, will you be ten toes down when, you know, life changes happen and the way that I need you to be of service to me is no longer the way that I needed X amount of years ago? So, wow, at one point I was expecting for um, my partner to – pump the gas since that was the the uh the example pump the gas <laughs> or pay the bills or be the one to fix up the things because physically there are there are indeed certain things that he can do that I am not able to do as a woman and I'm not changing oil and I'm not you know changing tires just for the heck of it so those are things that I expected him to do but then we have things that happen like physically he's able to do it now or was able to do it at one point but if he gets a back injury will i figure out how to be of service to him because he's no longer able to do those things so i think that's the conversation that we should be having or should be having excuse me um with people when we're talking about relationships and how to maintain and sustain and all these things it's about putting yourself to the side um in some way so that you can be of service to someone in hopes that they too will put themselves to the side to be of service to you. And that's not to neglect yourself, but to have a cohesive, um, united front. So that's my answer to that question from way back when. Bye, ladies. <laughs> I agreed with 110% of everything she said. Yeah, listen, here, a lot of times, and I hope people understand this about me. A lot of times I ask certain questions on this podcast. I ask them in a very specific way to highlight how insane we're being. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that there are that there are gender roles that women should have to do anything because men have to do X. I'm merely trying to highlight how how dated that kind of thinking is. And this is it. Patriarchy is it? has us in a chokehold. We, yeah. it, as much as we like to benefit from it as well, it's also one of the things that hinder us in a lot of the relationships because a lot of us now have to work. The ways in which men want us to show up, we're very busy in doing so. I love what she said too. The ways in which I may have wanted my partner to show up in year one is not how I want to now. I know that in my 20s, a relationship with, but for me, you with said a man your partner. Look, you, well, to be well, clear, you're not saying a man or a woman. Like you're just saying no, what you need but a, from I a lover. Wanted, I thought and what I what I thought and what I needed in my twenties has drastically shifted over me reaching financial freedom. And so, where I used to lean into patriarchy and be like, I need a protector and a provider. I need a nigga who gonna pay the bills. I need a ah 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 ah. I realize, and I've actually had this conversation with my ex, my friend, my soulmate, whatever he is. I don't know what his title is anymore, but I actually just had this conversation with him because the ways in which I love how he shows up for me. He's thoughtful. He does acts of service. He listens. He's affectionate. Um, I actually told him. Those same things and the reason why I love him is what he battles with because of his own masculinity. He projects that he feels emasculated, yet the ways in which I want him to show up have nothing to do with the patriarchy or what he deems to be masculine in terms of gender roles in a relationship, right? 
He mm-hmm. he feels emasculated because I don't need him to pay a bill. Because I don't need him for protection, whatever this word protection is to people anymore. Um, or in, in, in the simplest of ways, yet I'm like, you're my peace. You are someone who I enjoy mm. being around. You are someone who I enjoy talking to. And emotionally, you are there in the ways that I need you to be. And he battles with the fact that that's where I want him because he feels like it's bitch shit. Is that what he Which said? is crazy. He That's how I... First off, you know how I will... I see things differently in my head than how it's really explained to me. But yes, in terms of his overuse of the word emasculation, the constant definition of what masculinity is to him, he is also Muslim. So the gender roles of how men and women aren't equal. To me, I constantly had to say, well, whatever ideas you have, that got to be out the window with me. That's not, I'm not looking for the the society standard of what a gender-rolled-ass relationship may pertain to. I'm a woman who's not only independent, but I don't need you for the things that a lot of men want to feel needed in. I think that that is why a lot of men go out and maybe deal with the sugar babies and stuff. A lot of men financially like to feel needed. That's why they bust their whole lives to make the money that they do, to be the breadwinners. If you're in your 20s and you're listening to this, you may be dating somebody who literally leads with, I'm not where I want to be in my career yet for a relationship. I don't have enough money for a relationship. In my 20s, men who had roommates sometimes didn't want to say they wanted a relationship because they didn't felt they didn't feel secure enough in where they were as men. And so, so that's now the biological clock men, yeah. that they said they had. That's oh wait, both, really? Financial? They said we don't have a biological clock. We have a financial clock. Look and, at me, and, and I ain't even here. When we get okay. to a financial place is when we're ready for the next step because all we can think about is can I maintain Money. this? Wow. Yeah. So I hear all that, and I and I the only the only thing that I'll say to that is and offer us is to examine why men think that. What role Patriarchy. do we play they, in they that? Gave them, they gave themselves that. Also, what role do we play in upholding that? What conditioning do they experience to even start to believe that? You know, what societal fair, rules... I'm asking. I'm asking what? There are definitely... The, Mandy, you have said to me that you are not dating nobody broke still. You won't do it. You can't. You won't even okay, travel so with broke, certain people so broke, so because broke they can't travel the way you want them to. Right. Well, broke is subjective. <laughs> First off, um, mm-hmm. I don't want a nigga with three roommates. I've shared that. But my partner right now, <clears throat> my ex, my soulmate, he's not my partner. I don't know what he is. I make four times what he makes, and so Girl, should you be for, saying for all me this even? Stuff? I got anxiety. Well, no, it's it's fine. <sighs> Okay. What 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 I make in relation to him doesn't weigh the scale of what we perceive the patriarchal roles of gender roles to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I want a black, fine, tall man who is loving, caring, and affectionate and looks like Even that he is could currency. be in a Tyler Perry film. My point. Even that is currency. You realize I, And that, I get right? that. Mind you, I want that and he got to make six figures. 
I understand what I want is less than 1% of the world. <laughs> so I am also cognizant of the fact that I could be with someone that makes less. To me, broke is broke is subjective. However, let, let's take it out of relationships for one bit. And I'm talking about mm -hmm. romantic relationships. We have a lot of friends, right? We know the friend that we don't want to invite on the trip because she can't afford all the excursions. She's going to make us dig into our own pockets. She's going to complain the whole time. To me, I don't know why we hold romantic relationships to these standards that go far above and beyond the standards that we hold for our platonic relationships. And so to me, what I'm now upholding for a romantic relationship is no different than what I'm withholding for my friendships. So yeah, I want a nigga that could travel because my friends could travel. Mm. So why not? I um, that, that wasn't, I don't know if that is exactly what I'm getting at when I ask go ahead. how we can just examine the roles that we play in all of this, in all of the gender roles, mm. not just men, not just women, all of them, all of the boxes that we put folks in and say, this is who you should be because this is, these are the genitals you have. Can I ask you just when pursuing, that. when dating, when speaking even with your male friends, do you uh -huh. find yourself going in and out of gender roles and how even you hold conversations with them. You, you have a lot of conversations, right? You, I wouldn't say debate, but you have a wider range of topics that you talk about, even with male friends that you're not pursuing in your own conversations with them, in your own views of how the world works. Do you find yourself upholding those same patriarchal gender role standards in even your arguments or conversations? Uphold to help. What do you mean by that? Upholding like, them how? like do you sure lean? Do you lean into gender roles even in your arguments no. around regular conversations? No, no I you challenge don't? them. I challenge them. Okay, and how do you I do challenge, that? That's that's then my I, question. I, I I I well, I have these conversations with them, especially my Nigerian friends, who I'm like, why do you why why do you have to provide all of this? Why do mm. you feel like you you know you're you're not ready to, you love this woman, but you're not ready to be with her because you don't have what in the bank? Or why <laughs> do you have this many jobs and this person doesn't have one? Mm. Why? Hey, I'm going to pay for this this time. Yeah. Hey, when you, when you, why, when why you do you feel uncomfortable with that? Are there answers? Do, are they able to answer those things? Cause I'm a man and I know where you going with this a, and I don't feel like it. <laughs> Cause so it's just what it knowing, is. I'm a man. I handle my business. Okay. Do you know, I get the same exact response when I ask my homegirls why they want to be taken care of or why they need allowances or why they don't want to deal with a man that isn't spending a certain amount on dates. It's because they feel entitled to that sort of treatment. So as long as, your male friends are answering because I'm a man and my friends are answering because that's how this works. We're not ever going to challenge or get away from these gender roles because even our own generation and our own peers not are man. leaning into them. Oh, well, I'm speaking about a certain... We, we, we don't say every. every. I said... I, no, 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 no. We no, didn't no, say no. I'm saying I want to be more specific though. I think there are a lot of people challenging 
these roles and I, and even in them challenging it or just be, maybe you don't even challenge, but maybe you're just aware of the why so that there are problems that I, I feel there are problems that come with these gender norms of the, what the expectation then of a woman is if you're giving her an allowance of what the expectation of a man is if he's the sole provider, what that yep. looks like. Is there space for him for, for rest, for softness? For, like, does he even know how to tap into that part of himself? All of those things, it, that's, I'm saying we have to be hyper aware of the why. If I'm out, I, there's a man that I think smashes a lot of gender roles and who is brilliant. Whenever I'm out with him, he fucking pays. And it's not, and I don't challenge it. I, I'm not like, hey, why don't you let me do anything? He's just like, <laughs> I got it. And I know that I have it more than you, basically. In the nicest way, but like, girl, shut up. I'm, I'm not hurting. And if I was hurting, I feel like that he would be open enough to share that and say, listen, and not and not have shame around it. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. It's like these unfair expectations on people lead to so much anxiety and they lead to a disconnect between the two genders mm. in terms of I like mean, now I can't see where you're coming from, you can't see where I'm coming from. And like that one like that caller said, it's really it's it's to me that's what I'm getting at. It's less about the roles. It's we are people. How can I show up for you and support you? What means do I, if I have who, the means, I can do that. We are people who are not, and we talked about this in, in kind of part one. We are people who not only lean on hypocrisy, we're not honest with ourselves. I think with the growth That's of social media and technology, um, we lack the awareness to truly communicate what we want how we want it our feelings and i think that a lot of people are unrealistic i think she said it there even in terms of acts of service and putting yourself aside to show up for someone else i think we're unrealistic in a lot of ways in what we're capable of doing and that's a i think that's a really good point about monogamy i actually have a friend who i know and they are in this relationship. They're in a very committed relationship. They're married. And within the marriage, they looked up and was like, I actually want to date other. I love you. I want to be with you. But I am not completely fulfilled in this relationship. And I want One to- moment. Fulfilled? Or they wanted to date other people. What, well, because they to me, to those are other people because they're not fulfilled. Um, I, so not... I don't think that those are synonymous to each other. It's crazy because there was a recent viral video that went out. I don't know if you saw it. One of the most beautiful couples in the world, Nicole Ari Parker and Boris Cujo. They sat next to each other, and Nicole Ari Parker mentioned her desire to want to just go out and date. And my dude, Boris Cujo is one of the most beautiful men out there. And a lot of women was like, girl, you got Boris Cujo. Why would that not be enough? And I think it just lended itself to, A, they've been together for so long. They have children together. 
And it goes back to what I remember even um, Aisha Curry saying. And everyone dragged her for it. Sometimes she just wants to see if she's still desired by other people. Or she still has it. Again, that's ego within ourselves. Yeah, you you get your man, you get chose. But after a while, sometimes just you want to see if you still can. Just because. I don't think that it means that you're dissatisfied or unfulfilled in your relationship. Again, I think even in terms of what polyamory or non-monogamy looks like, it could just be that, damn, I really like Pretty Ricky. And my nigga does not. I would love to have a man who enjoys Pretty Ricky as much as me so that we could go sing the Blue Stars album together. It could be as simple as that. Just wanting to create moments and share moments with someone who enjoys the same things as you. Because again, in relationships, not everyone's going to like everything that you like. Mm -hmm. And so it may not be that your friend is unfulfilled as much as she just wants something that she can't get from her partner in an area that though she loves her partner, she would love to be able to just experience this with someone. And she knows it's probably not an option with her partner. Well, I am qu- quoting her. I don't want to speak for her. Someone but getting locked yeah, up, Yeah, I mean, you hear it? You damn sure live in Brooklyn. I've, I've heard it all, um, all recorded. <laughs> but no, that, that's, Listen, that's probably a thing. I think what I'm more focused on is the fact that this married person is now pulling the rug from someone. Okay. And so I, I have this thought where I'm like, you know... People have the right to change their minds. They do. And I I know marriage is sacred and vows are said, but it's so much worse to me to lie to someone. And so I started thinking about changes in relationships in general, like changes within friendships, within business partnerships. What if tomorrow Shanti came to me and was like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this. Mm. I need a break. I'm done. Like I need a break or, you know, I, I'm having another baby. Things are going to shift. I'm moving to Thailand. I don't know. I got a job offer and it's going to create a change or a shift. Yeah. I mean, these things happen. I think, I think you have to be open to the reality that people, things, our economy, the weather, the seasons, everything changes. Not everything is going to stay the same, including your friends, your business partners, your romantic partners. Just as people, we evolve. I think that's one of the things that we enjoy most about being human. We go from a little baby to a toddler to a preteen, to a teenager, to a young adult, to a grown adult. We mature in our jobs. We love promotions. There's a lot of things in which we celebrate in terms of change. However, when someone else changes and it affects us, that's when we don't like it. We're Yeah, it's like we're supposed to say the same in our relationships. That's not realistic. It's just not... 
Your your podcast is supposed to grow. Shanti as a mom, as a business partner, as a friend, there's she's supposed to change. That's literally what we get to enjoy about life. And the fact that in so many relationships, change becomes uncomfortable. And we despise it. And we question well, it. It's weird. Because there's we, fear. There's fear around if if you change, then that could then mean that my access to you changes. Yes. The things that you provide to me changes. My... Um, you know what I was thinking about? And this is, again, a, a, not a romantic relationship, but my relationship with my father. Mm. I grew up so close to my father, my goodness. And I will never forget all of the different iterations of our relationship and how painful they were for me. We're like, he would do my hair. He would wash me. I would sit on his lap. I, I was baby girl. And then there was this point where like, I can't do that anymore because that's inappropriate. Our relationship has Ooh. to change. And it was like, wait, what? And I had to like wrap my head around like, oh, I don't have access to you in a particular way. That's weird to me. Have you not been- And of course I got you, old. Have you seen the virality of that conversation now coming to light? about how fathers kiss or hold or hug their daughters and how people literally dissect the inappropriateness of it. Oh yeah, that's that's weird. That's the sexualization of little girls is of little weird. girls. It's like, yes, Yo, it's very weird. Dad, relax. But but also you're still his daughter. Even though you become an yeah. adult, the fact that he's like now our relationship has changed because you're an adult. Well, even our relationship, and we had another conversation there where it was like, okay, then I got to teen, you know, to to adult. And once I became an adult, quote unquote, right? Because don't know shit, but <laughs> I'm in college. And I remember him telling me like, our the way I'm going to parent you is going to shift. You have to carve X, Y, and Z out. You have to this, you have to that. And I felt really abandoned when he did it. I felt wow. so abandoned because I was like, that is not what I'm used to. I'm used to helicopter parent. And that provided me a, a bit of security. And now I just feel like I'm out here and that's not what I want. And so there was this shift in that dynamic. So I'm, th I'm thinking about that relationship evolving and changing. And it, it's, fuck, it's impact on me. Here we go. But I say all that to say that's a shift. I know that when Shanti had her daughter, that was a shift in the relationship. Um, I know that when Jasmine blew up, that was a shift in the relationship of like, oh, shit, we can't do the same things that we used to do. Oh, you're not as readily available to us as you used to be. You know, like it's all of your right. All of these relationships... Mm -hmm. shift and they change and then romantically we're all supposed to stay the same so I was looking at my friend and I, I wasn't villainizing her at all but I was just thinking to myself oh it must be so hard for him right to wrap his mind around that and understand that because there's still pain and hurt and like well this isn't what I want and like now you got to navigate it x y and z but I guess my question is, how do you approach 
any of these relationships when they shift outside of honesty? We know you got to be honest. You got to be honest. But how do you handle it with care? Outside of the honesty, I think that the one thing that I picked up even in you expressing the change to others, you sat in selfishness. My access to you will change. What I want Mm. to do with you is different. What I, 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 everything about everyone's change, your immediate response was how it would affect you. So outside of Mm -hmm. the honesty, it's really taking yourself out of the selfishness of yourself. Again, you want everyone around you to accept the changes, your job, your new role, your new podcast that now may take more time from you. There's a lot of things that you hope you receive the grace in the change and growth that you're getting and how you you may be showing up differently for them. I think that it's really taking the eye out of it and accepting that they're human. There's going to be life changes that take place. Mm-hmm. And now you have to see, okay, well, I am happy for this person. They're happy for this change. Now we just have to figure out how this creates a safe space for us both. Not you what looking if at not happy with a change. Then you have to ask yourself why. Because mm. do you do you love this person enough that you want them to be happy? If it's a change that is making them happy, you have to sit in the fact that this isn't about you. And if you want that person to be happy and you love them, you find a way to grow with them, to evolve with them. Not that they're taking something from you because they changed. And I think that that's all I heard when you brought up everyone else's changes was yeah. I, I, me, this, how this will all affect you. And I think that that's what we have to do with the changes of other people and definitely the people that we love and care about. If it's a change well, that do- they're excited and happy for, you kind of have to, okay, all right, here we go. We're changing. We did that when we left or middle not. school, when we graduated, or not. And and I, I, I am not. For, if it's a change oh, that you're like, I do not feel comfortable with this. Baby. I, this is not what I, this change wrong. impacts. Yeah, this change yeah. impacts me in a way where I'm, I, it's going to double my workload or I feel abandoned. I don't feel supported. Or I feel I abandoned. Feel, this new place in your life has changed what our original friendship or work relationship or overall interaction with each other is. And I don't really like it. So I wish you the best, but this no longer serves me. I think being able to move on from a friendship that is no longer serving is a huge thing too. I think um, we we see that happen a lot when we graduate high school, right? Trying to hold on Mm -hmm. to those friendships when we all go to different colleges or we all do different things now that we're not in the same high school and see each other five times a week. And a lot of times that's where we experience so many growths that it becomes harder to maintain friendships that are just no longer serving us. And so I think that with, with change and evolution, we also have to be then selfish enough to understand when a relationship just no longer serves us and and being okay with accepting it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be self-aware enough too because oh, it's 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 like god, I'm trying to think of an example outside of my friend cuz uh that that's a bit too personal and I don't want um 
Well, well, I ain't going to be personal with your ass anymore. That's why I brought up the high school thing. Because, baby, I could so be personal, me... but I ain't going to do it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say this. Am Amanda. Mandy and I just recorded a whole 45 minutes worth of the end of this episode. And I listened to it and thought, that was, I appreciate her. I love her. That was deeply personal on her end. And, and I didn't know if it was... I didn't know if it needed to be shared with the masses. It was two girlfriends talking <laughs> that forgot microphones were in front of their face. And so I said, you know what? We going to hold that. And I love you enough to hold it, even though it was golden. I don't want to get you in trouble. It may now never <laughs> see the light of day, baby. It may now never see the light of day, but you just and remembered now, it. Oh, I no, got I'm your best interest at heart. <laughs> I think it may be a conversation I'm going to bring up with him now just so that it's had, but I love the conversation. As soon as we got out of that recording, I was like, girl, you need an episode though. I ain't going to sit here and have you not have an episode. So I said, start the mics back up. We're going at it again. And we, we, we went through a couple of relationship topics that are of course in the blogs and stuff. And then when you said, let's talk about accepting change, within relationships that aren't only romantic, I said, oh, yes. Because this it's is something hard. that I'm currently experiencing that I've been talking about mm -hmm. in therapy, that I've expressed to a friend in, you know, where I see our friendship has drastically shifted. What now we can do, or if it's repairable, if it, if it serves us now to even try to repair it. Um, and I think, again... Being very aware of what you can offer to somebody, being aware and accepting of who they are is how you're able to move forward or give grace or redirect yourself in whatever relationship you have with that person. But again, so let me taking the eye out of it, girl. Talk, uh oh. I'm I come up to you. Let's By the way, y'all, I'm scared with Antoinette be like, let me ask you this. <laughs> no, let me ask you. I, I come up to you, right? And I say, hey, Mandy. Let's say a year from now. Let's say can't afford therapy. You're an EP and can't afford therapy for us. You didn't got us a deal. We're doing well. You're making money off of it. We're all making money. Everything's good. And I say, you know what, Mandy? I don't think I can do this, any of this anymore. I just got a promotion at work. I'm not going to podcast. It's too much to manage. And I leave you high and dry. How do you, do you, does this all come into play where you're like, so you first know what, off, this is the you, best you, thing for her. This is. So you saying that doesn't leave me high and dry. High and dry is, bitch, I got a promotion. I ain't, and you just stop showing up because your promotion. Okay. Like there's a selfishness in not telling you, someone what oh, you're I doing, see. but you, you gave me the heads up. You're thoughtful enough to give you. You're thoughtful yeah. enough to tell me. Okay. So now. Also, because it's not up to me, I would go to Josh and Savon. Hey, this is where we're at. Do we find someone else? Do we continue? To me, then it's a conversation with everyone. I've been there within work projects. I've been, I had to do that before in, in busy season. I let Ernst and Young know, hey, um, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm going to be, I, I would like to put my two weeks notice in. Um, to venture off to myself. I said, I'm having a wonderful entrepreneurial career. I just sold out Caroline's and I shared my excitement 
And while it's probably not what they wanted to hear, they were also happy of me and then said, hey, I know you wanted to give us two weeks. Could you give us three? Because we would really like this. And you know what I mean? So even though I was so leaving the them. thoughtfulness and It's the care. thoughtfulness of that I even gave them a two weeks. I know we if we bring it even to corporate America, that's a courtesy. To give someone two weeks is a courtesy. To tell someone this is the change that is happening, I want to let you know, is 10 times different than just not showing up for your shift and uh, making them figure it out. That's a huge point because even within our romantic relationships, what I'm hearing in my own circles is that now that we're hyper aware of yes. our boundaries and of setting our boundaries and of knowing who we are and of not, you know, all the buzzwords of not yes. <laughs> um, compromising ourselves and having agency and all the words, <laughs> there's a lack of, of courtesy. compromise. There's a lack of courtesy. Uh-oh, Bodie didn't knock something Bodie down. Knock and there's a lack of care. Yes. So it's similar to when, before we cut, cut y'all not going to hear it because it's a <laughs> private episode now. But I was talking to you about the way you package something, right? Yes. The way that when you are expressing yourself, and this is the other thing, the, the courtesy is involved, but then also the delivery is important of like, I've noticed in some relationships now that people who are trying to be more assertive, who are becoming more self-aware, they just are very curt and like, this is what it is. And this is how yep. I feel. And, and I, and I, and I'm not going to shift on that because this is my boundary. This is my and boundary. It's like, yeah. But it's really off putting and it makes it hard for somebody to hear because the delivery is fucked up. And so the way that I was saying that to you on the on the thing that we're not going to air is <laughs> if you're in a plane, because I want to say this again to the listeners, if you're in a plane, right, and you, let's say the plane is the news, you got to land the plane, and the plan, plane's got to land on a tarmac. That's the destination, right? You can gracefully land that plane so that all the passengers, all the information is delivered in a way where it's all intact. Mm -hmm. Everyone is safe. It's a safe space. Or you can crash that fucking plane and let that shit explode. And you still got to your destination, but none of your messages, <laughs> none of your intention ever reached that destination because of how you landed that plane. So when we talk about these big changes, mm -hmm. and I, I swear, I have so many friends now. Like, mm -hmm. I can't tell you who are like, I think I'm polyamorous. Like, this is the thing. Yeah, yeah it is. And they're dropping these bombs on their partners. And I, in my and they're expecting their partners to just to receive adapt. it. Yes, to just adapt to and adapt. receive. Yes. And to, yes. you need to, you, if you do not adapt, then you are telling me I can't be who I am. Yeah. And you are, you are impeding me. <laughs> From living out loud, and see that, and then they say that's they not, say it that's in a not, way that's not even yeah. caring. Yeah. So, so that's why I say when you even ex use the example, I think there's a thoughtfulness in delivery and a way that you can say something that lets the person know that you at least care and that you're not. There's no malice behind your change, and that's the thing too. 
even like when we go back, a lot of people receive a change in your life as an attack on them. What do you mean you're doing this without me? Or mm -hmm. this is, you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. that's how you're describing even your friends. Now I feel attacked like you're, I'm not enough. That I'm now impeding mm. on who you want to be. You're not satisfied with me. That's why you want more. There's definitely ways in delivery. And then you're you can, resentful of all the things that you do do for that, them. Because I'm like, oh, I'm still do, not enough. I'm still <laughs> not enough. And so I think that, again, it's removing the selfishness. But I think that you brought up a good thing. When a change is occurring... I think the way you even announce or prepare those people in your life for your change, there has to be a thoughtfulness in a way that you let them know. And yeah. I think that And that's, that's in business too, yeah, baby. It's in business too. That's it. I think about I think about doing and you do business with a friend, I do business yeah. with a friend, and that is what a thing to navigate when things shift. When it's fine when the, the when the when everything's chugging along as it yep. should, and what I've noticed even this week, we're like, I could tell that Shanti had anxiety about not Telling being able to record. Able I could fucking record. tell, and that's why at one point I just wrote her and was like, "Yo, don't worry about this week. I'll figure it out." And she didn't really acknowledge that she was still stressed out about her other stuff. She's like, I'm not worried about this week. I'm worried about the, and I was like, okay, maybe that wasn't what you were worried about, but I could, I could feel initially. And I was just like, because there's a shift, there's a change. And we mm -hmm. haven't figured out yet that when, or I haven't figured out yet how to be less, how to be more agile in, in the working relationship of like, okay, we got, we're going to have to flow a little more. There's got to be flexibility. We're both juggling incredibly ridiculous schedules. And so when something does shift to me, I'm like, fuck, this is a domino effect on Cause immediately I was like, okay, if she can't record these days, then that means I got to figure something out on Sunday. I'm going to be exhausted. I mean, this birthday, I also got to work Sunday. How am I going to meal prep? Like I start going into that whole thing and then that's on her. And then I'm landing the plane and crashing it. With my I mean, delivery. I'll be honest with you. I think, and we talked so much over the last few years, even on See The Thing Is, about working with friends, business and friendships. Mm -hmm. And I got to see both sides of the coin, right? I had one work relationship that was strictly work. We weren't really friends. We didn't hang out outside of the space. And then had a completely different experience. And I was like, okay, thinking the grass is going to be greener. When you actually do care about someone, the delivery and coming to somebody about business becomes harder. When you work a job and them niggas ain't your friends, calling out is easy. Bitch, I got shit to do. Y'all going to figure it out. When you have plans <laughs> with a friend and you have to cancel... There's anxiety even in telling that person you can't show up because you want to show up for them because you care about them. So is it because of the expectations though that are on of that? yes because we're not allowed to yes. change we're not allowed yes. to okay. yes but also I think that you keep your word for people that you care about like there's just a different way in which we show up as human beings for people that we love that we care about than when we're showing up to collect a check. To me, it's the mm -hmm, same, mm -hmm. and y'all know I'm going to take it there, it's the same difference in how you show up for your boyfriend as a woman 
and how a prostitute shows up for a man that she's being paid to serve. Like, what do you mean? A prostitute is there to do a job. The way she shows up okay. for him is to provide one thing and be out. That's what a business is. You show up, you do your job, you leave. In a relationship, even though you're still having the same sex that a prostitute has with a man, now there's thoughtfulness about the aftercare in the bedroom. There's cuddling, there's affection, there's checking in with that person. There's making sure they enjoyed the experience. There's making sure their ego is stroked in a way. Sitting there talking, caring about what they did that day. Prostitute don't give a fuck how your day at work went. In a relationship though, you have to juggle now the sexual needs of your partner, the emotional needs of your partner, the physical needs that go outside of the, the sexual needs. There's all these other layers to it. And I think that in business, when you have to care about all those things with a person that you're also just showing up and working with, it becomes that much even more difficult. And let's not even get to the dynamics when you own shit. You're not even just working with a friend. You're owning a business and growing something with a friend, which means now you're married and the baby is, and the the business is a baby. That dynamic is, is different. That's when I think even more it's it's I think more exhausting, but that is when even more courtesy, yes, even more care, even more thoughtfulness, even more compassion and landing that plane and landing that message is required. I agree. And like I don't know. I, I, I'm realizing that like I, I really sat the other day because I was I was out. <laughs> And the listener came up to me, fucking crazy. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> they came up to me and they were like, yo, I'm around away curls. I was like, oh yeah. They're like, where's Shanti? I was like, she doesn't live here. She, <laughs> she lives in Philly. You can't be a listener. Like what? Right, right. I'm like, what do you mean? And so I, whatever. And they were like, oh, are y'all good? And I was just like, what do you mean? Of course. What right? are y'all hearing? And so- she was just like, oh, well, I hope, you know, I just want y'all to keep going. They, It's like this weird around the way curls thing that they're like, Antoinette and Shanti going to break up. It's like. Girl, they listen, do that with horrible all the time. I don't they, think so, but all right, y'all. But yeah, no, they, they, in, they doing even, that. But I, I, I sat back after that and I thought to myself, hmm, we've been doing this for a long time. If a dynamic within our relationship did change and not for the worse, not something bad happened. How would you handle that? Would you be okay? Or would you, would it, would it, would you, I'm processing this out loud. So forgive me, but like, would, would it, would you be so scared that you would act out instead of hearing it from her? And how do you do that within your other relationships of like when they change? Are you, are you so scared? Are you holding on to what is so tightly that there's no space for growth, really? Because you're holding on for dear life to where, to where and what it is. It's crazy because my therapist has been trying to get me to live in the present. So Child. to me, in a very maybe selfish means of survival... I have plan A, B, C, D, E, elemental P mapped out in case someone doesn't show up for me. 
Um, I remember even, and this is where it's been hard, even talking about the relationships and men I did have and what I did have for money and why I had to juggle so many was because I didn't feel confident that I could rely on this one person. So I had to have Mm -hmm. backups. I think even in business, I do it. And it's not fair to my partners, but if for whatever reason you decide to make something in life, I've always only had myself. And so I have ways I would shift or what I would do if all these different things happen. You know what I mean? Because life happens. Let's be very fe- Weezy talks comes on the podcast all the time and talks about how she wants a baby tomorrow. Girl, we about to do a tour. What you talking about? You about to have a baby. So we I, we ain't going to be able to twerk together. And I just think about, okay, if she wants a baby tomorrow, what does this look like for me? And again, back to the selfishness of change. Here goes me thinking about how I'm going to be affected with the change or decisions of someone else. And I think all you can do, and the only person I've ever been able to count on in life was me. All you can do is adapt. And that's it. And so as long as I know I got me, and as long as I know everything around me, literally the tectonic plates that we sit in on, everything can shift everything are we all, we all tectonic plates right that's that's how shit know. happens but <laughs> you, you don't start with your shit please what that's how earthquakes happen is how uh what okay. else happens tsunamis it's the tectonic plates you also and it happens like this old, it happens like you say this. we're in a globe or something like not a round globe but like a it's a called a dome being controlled it's by called the, a, dome. a dome right it's called a dome girl <laughs> D-O-M-E. It's called a dome. I know what it Uh, is. (laughs) No, but I loved this conversation because I think... I don't know if we got anywhere. It kind of went all over the place, but I I love where it went. I I hope the listeners were able to sit and really hold the mirror up to themselves and see how they show up when people around them changes or what grace they've allowed for the people around them to accept their own changes. And... I think yeah. it's just a, a, the reality of life. And I'm here for the challenge. Oh, shut up. <laughs> All right, y'all. Listen. All right, y'all. We didn't, we didn't podcast it for about 15 hours to get this episode out now. <laughs> we did. I'm going to listen to the old one and see what we can keep in. No, girl, you going to cut it out from where I said cut it out. All of that's gone. Yeah. Um, oh, nah, I appreciate uh, you for having me sit in. Shanti is very Thank big shoes so to much. fill. So, oh, Shanti, bring that ass back because I do not know how to sing. And you better not cut me out singing after these messages. Sing to us. Boop. Okay. Um, when I said, sung to the messages. <laughs> Girl. Okay. First of all. Well, no, thank you for having episode. me. Uh, by the way, y'all, next week. Antoinette will be the guest host on See The Thing Is podcast. Hey. So y'all make sure y'all tune into that where we'll talk about everything that I gather information from the Shade Room on. So I love come- you. <laughs> Look at how she still took over the end of the episode. This is just the pod Sorry, guy go- over here. Sorry, go ahead. My no, you're girl. fine. Thank you so much for filling in, Mandy. Thank, Thank you, for you for trusting me. me. Yeah, even though my, my sushi is warm now. Cause- I apologize. Well, we said it. We we did just pod for six hours, y'all, for this hour Seriously. and twenty minute episode you just got. So I think it might even be shorter than that, child. <laughs> no, nah, it's not. Once it's I not finally be. cut it down. 
It's I don't care. We did the best we could do, we and did. we had a real human moment. And, and I overshared, not is content, and she protected okay? my relationship, y'all. I said, no, ma'am, not everything is content. We're not putting this out, but I'm going to let you keep working through this because you are processing, and I will not stop it. <laughs> okay. All right, Well, thank you for having you. me, girl. Love you. Thank Bye you. Bye, Around the Bye. Way Curl Squad. <laughs> Bye. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around the Way Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>